morning, church family. Rise and shine. Looks like we're going to have a beautiful day here. I'm glad to see that the land is being watered there to keep, uh, get the brown grass. We're not used to brown grass. It's just kind of off the wall for me. So it's, uh, we like the green and I'm always reminded <laughs> it was a kind of a mystery to us being in California for 16 years. Like you don't have to have a sprinkler system here. This is amazing. It just, God naturally just waters, which is the best part of it all, isn't it? Hey, if you're here for the very first time, we welcome you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're just blessed that you're here with us this morning as we uh, finish up the book of Jude. Uh, my favorite book. It's, it's, it's tough to finish this one up. But you're going to see why it's your favorite book, too, as well, because uh, Jude really finishes strong here at the very end of this letter. And may it just speak to your heart as much as it does to, to mine. Um, just one other, just comment uh, for uh, Wednesday nights. We are we finished judges. We're starting youth at Ruth. Youth, Ruth, Ruth. We're going to be studying Ruth. So uh, come join us Wednesday nights at six thirty as we study on to the next book. With that said, probably should just pray. Father, we thank you, and we again with this moment, this time, as we open up your word. We pray that you would just speak to our hearts, and by your spirit you can touch each and every listener today and the days to come. As we open your word, you use your word to, to mold us and shape us and to sanctify us and to help us to grow in our knowledge, yes, of you, to know who you are, yes, but more importantly, may we fall deeper in love with you in such a personal way. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here today that does not know you, who's not born again, has not given their life to you, I pray today's the day of their salvation and they will give their life to you and have that promise and hope of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> if you would please open up the book of Jude. We're going to read the last few verses that uh, to, of this little letter, verses 20 through 25, and then we'll take it piece by piece. There's so much that is in these last few verses that can speak to our hearts and encourage us this day and days to come. It says here in Jude, verse 20, But you, beloved, speaking of believers, to believers, Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Uh, now to him, to Jesus who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty and dominion and power, both now 
and forever. Amen. What a beautiful ending here of encouragement to a letter. If you remember, as we pick up here in verse 20, we have seen Jude outline to us three examples of certain people that have crept and creep and slither into churches back in those days and still happens today. And their intent is to come in and to destroy the church. How? By spreading false teaching. Taking God's people away from his word, a sound word, the sound gospel, and to pervert it. And what happens is, is Judas was wanting to talk to his brothers and sisters about the commonality of salvation. And now we have this common salvation. We have this love for Christ and the love for one another. Isn't it beautiful to have a family that we can be part of? A family that is going to love you. A family that will encourage you. Because many may not come from a fleshly family that wasn't encouraging a father wasn't a present a mother who wasn't loving it wasn't nurturing brothers and sisters who would rather beat you up than lift you up but then you god changes everything when he changes your heart and brings you into a family a family who as the common love for Christ and a common love for one another, encouraging and lifting up. Not to tear down, not to, to mislead, but to encourage and to be there in the tough times and the, and, the, and the rejoicing times. We've all found ourselves thinking, if I only change where we live, it will get better. Find a new community that would be so much better. We've been in Texas, we've been in California, we've been in New Jersey, we've been in many places. But it only matters is where God takes you. And this is the best quality of life we've ever had. In the North Country. Not because of this community as much, but because of the family that we're belonging to. Still amazing uh, grace. To think back in 2011 when we showed up with just the four of us. And to see the work of God. And so many people. Jude now gives us and warns us throughout the letter three examples of certain people who walked away from God's love. He even showed us three reasons why they walked away from the love of God. But Jude ends his letter so beautifully with three exhortations, three encouragements for you and I. And he says to keep ourselves in the love of God. Because you're not in the love, keeping yourself in the love of God, you are lost. 
You're in darkness. You're confused. Depression will set in. Understand the Christian life can never be lived in a neutral position. You just cannot live a Christian life by saying, I'm a Christian, period. You can't put your life on cruise control or just sit there and say, I'm a Christian. I can just veg out in the spirit and I'll be just fine. I have eternal life. And many choose to live that kind of Christian life and they're miserable. It's not an option for you and I as a Christian to be living in a neutral life and just get by and just veg out and do whatever we want to do. You have to walk in the Spirit. And if you're not walking in the Spirit and in truth, you are not walking. And if you're not walking in the Spirit and truth, you're living in the flesh and you're fulfilling your flesh. We must keep focus. We must stay engaged by moving forward in the steps that God is guiding in our steps and doing what He's called us to do in our service for Him. To keep in the love of God. What to do about the danger of these certain men, these false teachers? What do you do as a church body to deal with people who are coming in trying to destroy you and your family? And I say church as a whole. I'm talking even outside of this building. I'm talking into your phones, through your internets, and through associations and works and books you're reading. So many ways that the enemy can creep in through this false teaching to, to destroy your children. And to destroy your life. What do you do? Jude does not tell us to attack these certain men or these certain women who are a danger to the church. He doesn't call us to attack them. Instead, he tells and tells us and tells us and tells us to keep focus on our walk with the Lord. Don't put your eyes onto these people. God's going to take care of them. He says to you and I, just keep walking with God and don't get distracted. Stay focused. Keep focus. Help others affect who are affected by these certain people, these certain people who've crept in, be there to help them, to encourage them to come back to the Word of God. To keep focus on God and not on man. To keep your eyes on God and not of godly people, yes, or supposedly godly people. So many people go in distractions into other people's writings and just don't stay in the Word of God and focus on God. We simply are to pay the certain men and certain women no attention except for when it's necessary for our warning. We're not blinded by the things that can go on. But just remember, we, have, we do not have to fight against the flesh and blood. Because this is, this is darkness that is what's coming. God will take care of it. I don't fear these things of the church body here. I know God is going to take care of anyone who wants to come in here and try to hurt us. I guarantee it. I've watched it over and over the years in the ministry of 28 years. I have seen God remove when they're coming against God's people because God loves you. 
We see here in verse 20, but you, beloved. Notice he, he's taking our eyes and he says, look inward here. I want you for, to fo- for a moment here, look inward in your life. Look, think about inside your life here. Jude gives us three things to keep focus on. Three things, just in these, for an inward perspective. He says here, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. These are very important verses right here for you and I to keep focus. To focus on what? Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of God, right? It says keeping yourself in the love of God. We know that God loves even the ungodly. How do we know that? In Romans 5, 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. When we were ungodly, he died for you and I on the cross. To make a way for you to give your life and believe in his son and what he has done for you on that cross. So you would have an opportunity to give your life to him and be saved and forgiven and have eternal life. He's made a way for you and I. Even when we were ungodly, he went and died for you. So therefore, Jude doesn't mean live in such a way to make yourselves lovable to God. Sometimes we're not that lovable. As much as we would like to be lovable, sometimes we're not lovable. I met some of you when you were first waking up. Dragging yourself in here on a Sunday morning. I've met some of you who are like a little porcupine-ish sometimes. No, you cannot make yourself lovable to God. He already loves you. Instead, keep yourselves in the love of God. means to keep yourselves in harmony with God's ever-present love. Don't walk away from His love. Don't walk away from His presence. Don't walk away from wanting to hear from him. Don't walk away. Stay in harmony. Stay close to him. Because when you're close to him, the fountain of blessings come upon you. God's love extends everywhere. There's nothing can separate us from his love. But we can deny ourselves the benefits of God's love. Oh yes, that, that we can do. Our choices and how we live can keep us and we will not benefit from God's love. People who don't keep themselves in the love of God end up living as if they are in a dark side. In some darkness, in some shadow kind of life. And when you find yourself there, the sun has still always shines. The sun is always shining, but they are never. You may find yourself in a position to not be able to receive that light, to receive that warmth because you stay in the shadows. You stay on the other side of of the moon. We are not to stay in the shadows. We are not to stay into darkness. Because then you won't benefit the blessings of the warmth and the sun that can come upon you. An example of this is a prodigal son in Luke 15. Who went rogue, rebellion. 
going on and doing his own thing and taking in the cares of this world and just consuming whatever the world will give him and thinks it's, oh, this is my world, I can just live however I want to do. And he found himself with the pigs. But here's an example of someone who is always loved by his father. That love from his father has never changed. He's the one that walked away from the love of the father and the benefits. But for a time, he did not benefit from that love of his father until finally he came to his senses and came home. Perfect example of a Christian who was walked away from the day they were saved and they experienced the day that they were just free from all their sin. And they were on fire for Christ. Couldn't get enough of the word of God. Couldn't get enough of the, the family of God. They couldn't get enough of talking to God. And then all of a sudden, things started getting colder because they started going to the shadows, going on the edge, going back to the old life in some form or fashion, thinking they're missing out and wanting to meet their desires and all these other things that were just it was what was destroying them before they came to Christ. And then you start dabbling, you find yourself into back into darkness, and you miss out on the benefits of the love of God pouring out upon your life. Come home. Just choose to come home. It's your choice. And experience God's love once again. If you've never experienced God's love, I want you to consider surrendering your life to Christ today so that you will experience and benefit from the love of God. We see three things here to keep us, ourselves in the love of God. We see the very first one is build yourselves up in your most holy faith. This is the first way that we can keep ourselves in the love of God. It means to keep growing spiritually. To keep building our, yourself up. Jude tells us to build yourselves up in the most holy faith. What does that mean? It means that we are responsible for our own spiritual growth. You're responsible. Yes, in the beginning you're a baby and, and yes, you're here and you're being fed and you're being fed and you're being fed and you come to the women's Bible studies to be fed. You come to the men's Bible studies to be fed. You come to every opportunity to be fed and eventually you're going to be able to feed yourself. But we must always remember we're responsible for our spiritual growth. It means we cannot wait for spiritual growth to happen. It's not going to just happen. You have to feed yourself. Or expect others to make us grow. Can you help me? I need to grow. Yes, we're here to help you, to help you grow, but you have to take responsibility. You must. So how are we to build up our faith? The Bible is very clear and very simple. It's not complex. We find it in Romans 10, 17. The Bible tells us very simply, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's it. How do we want a deeper faith? Keep listening to the word of God. Keep studying the word of God. Keep listening and taking and partaking of the word of God. It's the only way your faith is going to be built. That, that's it. 
So what do you think the enemy is going to try to do? What do you think your flesh is going to do? Keep you from the word of God? Or send in false teachers to creep into the church? to So if you're going to feed on anything, you're going to feed on something that is cancerous and deadly? Unpalatable? To keep yourself in the love of God means that you and I continue to be the student of the word of God. You're the student. There are many, many, I'm here to teach and be the teacher to teach and teach and pour out and feed you as a shepherd to the sheep. You, but you, you have to eat. You have to understand eating the word of God is so critical for your ability to grow. To stay healthy. So that disease does not come in and affect you. An unhealthy person spiritually allows opportunity for these false teachings to creep in and get into your head and, and make you think that's true. When it's not true. You build up your faith by taking it in, feasting on God's word, by daily making it a practice of spending time in the scriptures. And make it a priority. Examine your life. Tell, ask yourself today, is the being in the scriptures daily more important than other things in your life? It's got to be in the top. I understand breathing is probably very, very, very important. Drinking water and eating is very important. But for your, for your soul, being in the scripture is just as important. Not only is it you need to be daily, personally in the word of God, but you must be assembling with other believers to study the word corporately. We see that in Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some, by exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. My brothers and sisters, I, I highly, highly recommend. It's imperative. It's life. It's a life balance issue for you. If you don't stay plugged into the fellowship, when things get really, really, really bad, which they are going to get really, really bad. Why? Because the scripture tells us so before the day he takes us and raptures us out of here, you, you're going to want to stay plugged in and be encouraged and help through from dark things that are going to happen. How do you think the church is thriving and growing in China, in the Muslim world? Fastest growing churches. Why? Because they're being persecuted and they're sticking together. They're not doing it alone. I just saw a report Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Muslim synagogues, or no, not synagogues, but um, mosques are closed. They're closing. Why? Because some are going secular and they're walking away from their religion. Or, and we also know it's the fastest growing church right now is in the Muslim world. Why isn't that happening in the United States? 
because we're too comfortable. We take it or leave it. No big deal. I'm telling you it's going to be a big deal. Don't, don't be caught flat-footed. Don't be caught sleeping when the enemy attacks or Jesus returns. See, Jude has shown us the weakness and the vulnerability of men and women to deceivers who are these certain men who have creeped in and infiltrated the church. He's warned us through this letter, and he says, if you entrust your spiritual growth to someone else only, it will not only hurt your spiritual growth, but it may also lead you astray from the truth. You're supposed to test all things that I teach you. You should sit there and take notes and you should sit there and go, I haven't heard that before and he didn't give me a scripture. Let me go read and study that and understand it. And then I'm going to go ask the pastor if I have a question about it. You should be a Berean. You should be studying and understanding what I'm teaching you. So I give you all these scriptures. I know that's not the in thing for churches today. Usually you flash them up there, some like PowerPoint presentation, and I give you there, and you don't have to even open up your Bibles. But I'm not going to do that with you. I need you to be in the Word of God. I'm not dealing with babies here. I'm dealing with mature Christian people here who desire the Word of God. And so important it is, because what happens if we are closed down again? We didn't close, but if, if, if this place closes down again and you're by yourself in your house, in your apartment, in your room, and there is no one else to teach you. Well, I've got the internet pastor. What are you talking about? I've got, I've got all kinds of teachers. You have it now. It doesn't mean they're going to shut that all down for you. Then what are you going to do? Others can help provide an environment conducive for spiritual growth. That's why we come together. That's why we come at different times throughout the, church, the, the week. To be able to have a, an environment that's conducive for you to learn and to grow and have an appet- get an appetite to want to study the Word of God. But no one can make another person grow in their relationship with the Lord. As much as I would like to be able to force you to have a relationship with God, I can't do that. All I can do is encourage you and continue to show you the blessing, the benefits of being close to God. And what are we doing? We're not doing anything other than the most holy faith that we are trying to build upon a faith once for all delivered to the saints. We saw that back in verse 3 of Jude. That it's all the faith that's been taught by the apostles, bought by the, the, the prophets. All the word of God has just been brought to us. We're trying to build upon our faith of the truth of God. Jude is talking about the growing on our most holy faith. We grow on the foundations of the truth of the word of God. That is our foundation that we stand upon. Anything else is quicksand. It'll make you sink. Not just sand where you're unstable. Today, some of the things, it's quicksand. It'll suck you right down in so fast and you can't even get out. And you don't even know it's quicksand because you, never don't, you don't know the word of God to know that it's quicksand. Because you don't know what solid rock foundation looks like to you. 
That's the first. First way to keep in the love of God is to stay in the word of God. The second, he says right here, is praying in the Holy Spirit. It's the second way to keep ourselves in the love of God. It's the battle. It's a spiritual battle that we live as a children of God. It's a spiritual battle from wrong living and wrong teaching. And this spiritual battle is constantly trying to come against you. But it requires for you and I praying in the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to pray in the Holy Spirit? It means allowing the Holy Spirit to inspire, to lead your prayers. What? Yes. Let God who dwells within you lead you in your prayers. You mean I just don't just start talking? No, that's probably part of the problem. You just keep talking. (laughs) I need you to start listening and allowing God to speak through you and allow you to give you the words that he wants to for your heart to come inspire and raise up to him. Many of our prayers are directed for our own needs. God, you know I need this. No, son, that's a want. (laughs) That's not a need. That's just a want of yours. Or by your own mind or reasoning. I think this is pretty smart. I think this is a great idea. I think I like this. No, you'll die. <laughs> no, you don't want, that is not something you, that, that you want to think and, and lean on your own understanding. Let me direct your path. Oh, I wish I could do this. I desire to do this. No, son. If I gave you and answered your wishes and your desires, can, let me give you a flash of what it would possibly turn out in your life. And I guarantee you, if you knew what the end result is, you would never ask me such a foolish thing. But it feels so right. That's your problems. I don't want to come to God with my ideas and agenda because I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what these requests might lead God, if he granted them, would lead me to be. Oh, I, 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 I don't want that to happen. So I come to you, Lord, asking your Holy Spirit to inspire me to pray, to lead me to pray, to what I need to be talking to you about, guiding my conversation, Lord. Help me to pray biblically, Lord. To be guided by your spirit even as I talk with you right now. Lord, only let your words be said. That is, my brothers and sisters, that is that your prayer life should be. Let the spirit of God who lives and dwells and sealed you for eternity speak through you. But there's a higher level of prayer. We see that Paul understood this in Romans 8, 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
There's one thing about God giving you the words, but there's another where you can't even come up with a conversation and a words to explain the situation you find yourself and the pain and the suffering and the, or the you just can't even put words to it. You're just groaning because you know that just groaning, the Lord understands these groans. Paul understood it. It's at a depth that God can understand even the groans that you find yourself in because you cannot even communicate it. Oh Lord, I don't know what to do about this situation. I don't know how to handle this situation. Lord, I need you and you're just groaning because you can't even get the words out. Have you ever groaned? Praying in the Spirit? Expressing God, I, I don't even have words. I can't even express the situation without you. I need you so desperately to communicate with me because I have no words. The Holy Spirit understands your groans and may even help us pray by giving us the actual right words to say when we do pray. Another form of prayer is our, our, the Holy Spirit may do it through the gift of tongues. It's a spiritual gift God gives to those seeking hearts which want to communicate with him on this personal level, on a deeper level than normal conversation. Allowing this miraculous, this mysterious process of the Spirit praying through me with words I do not understand intellectually. I do not understand, I have not learned academically. But God miraculously and mysteriously brings these words of spiritual words to me as a communication with Him, and He completely understands. Go back and read. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Being led by the Spirit. Groaning in the Spirit. Using a prayer language from the Spirit. Are all aspects of what it means to pray in the Holy Spirit. Finally, we see the third item here. The third way that God allows us and blesses us and keeping us in the love of God here, he says, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. At this third way to keep ourselves in the love of God, as we keep focus on the blessed hope of Jesus soon returning, soon and very soon. Why is that important? Because Jude says we must keep our eyes on priority and that is our Savior coming back for us and taking us home. Because if you're not constantly daily thinking about today, perhaps today the Lord's coming back for me personally or us corporately as a church body, you will get really entrenched into the things of this world. Like this world is always going to last. Like your little utopia of life that you're creating and wealth and castles you're building in your mind. You think all of that is all there is. No, it's not. Heaven is our home. You're a child of God. If you're not a child of God, hell is your home. 
and it's not the earth. It may feel like hell on earth, but it's not hell. You might think this is heaven on earth. This is definitely not heaven. But we must keep focus on the blessed hope of Jesus soon returning and have that alive in our hearts. We must effectively keep us in the love of God by keeping our eyes on Jesus coming back for you. It helps us to not give or walk away from our faith. Do you want to say, oh, I really don't want to walk from my faith. I'm really scared about walking away again and being a prodigal son. And you will not have that fear and, and anxiety if you keep your eyes on the return of Jesus Christ. I really do believe many people will t t kind of throw Jesus aside and the fellowship aside and do your thing because you don't believe Jesus can return today. Why? Because there's a lot of false teaching out there that tells you that Jesus is not coming back. Why is that happening? Because we just read it in the warnings. There's false teaching everywhere. But these are big churches, Pastor. Yes, there's a lot of false teaching going on and it's pulling everyone to hell. Causing everyone to walk away from the truth. To be neutered and never be used by God. Because of the false teaching that Jesus is not coming back. It was happening then. It still happens in, the, in this world today. This focus of his return will affect your priorities of your life. It, how it changes my perspective. How it alters my emotions when I say, Lord, today I'm going to look for your coming. And that brings stability in your life. Because whatever problem you have, if the Lord returned today, it solves everything. Today might be the day, dear saints. What a difference it makes when we remember this daily that today, oh, ooh, perhaps today. Are you excited? And you can't wait to walk on that road paved with gold. So clear you can see through it. Can you imagine when you walk into the arms of Jesus and he embraces you and welcomes you home and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the joy of the Lord. I'm looking for those words every day. We must stay in the word. You must continue to pray in the spirit. You must continue to continue every day looking for Jesus coming. And it's these three things can keep you and I from losing focus, but to keep focus under the spout of blessings that come from the love of God. There are practical, these are very practical, these are very workable, They're, these are very doable, interesting, yes, very focused things you can do. This is not something you cannot not do. If you're a child of God, you can't do these if you're not a child of God. Because you don't have the power of God to be, help you to do these things. Because you can't do it on your own. 
They're very practical. They're very doable. Now, it's interesting. Look at the lineup here. These three things that Jude is saying lines up with some three key words. You know what those words are? We sang them today. Faith, love, and hope. Faith by, hearing in the, by being in the word of God, Romans 10, 17. I gave that to you. Love by praying in the spirit whose fruit is love, Galatians 5, 22. And hope by looking for the blessed hope of our Lord's return. We see that promise in Titus 2, 13. Do you want faith, hope, and love? Or faith, love, and hope? Do you want those in your life? Then you do those three things as Jude tells you to do. Be in the word. Be praying in the spirit. And be looking up for his return for you. Because he loves you and he's coming back for you. That's an inward look that Jude gives us. Then he says, now look outward. Look outward here in verses 22 and 23. Look outward around you. Look at those around you. What does he say? And on some have compassion, making, it, making a distinction. Because some people have doubt. They have serious doubt. But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. See, Jude begins here to tell us what we must do with those who have been negatively influencing or affecting others, these certain men and these certain women who are affecting other people and you and I as saints, affecting us in some way by this false teaching. What do we do with them? He says, he starts off by saying here, be very careful how you deal with them. These people are caught up in the wrong doctrine. They're, they're being misled by all this false stuff. Because they're, they're, they're they're, they, they see the opportunities to make money off of God's people. They're looking at things to, to, to get them to follow them versus following God. And use all these tactics to, to feed the flesh through this false doctrine. To, to get you to go like a... Oh, don't get me started. But he gives two approaches how to deal with two, these people. He starts by saying, look at the, these people and decide which camp are they in. Two approaches. The first one is, some have compassion. This is the first group. He's saying, using wisdom, we approach different people in different manners. By being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you ask the Holy Spirit, tell me how I can help this person. Who's false? He's got caught up into some false doctrine and going a different direction. We can know when we should comfort people when they're gone astray, and when we should rebuke them. That is false. You need to walk away from it. What do you mean you're reading that book? Do you realize how false that she's writing and teaching? That no, don't be reading that book. And I've warned you over and over and over, my brothers and sisters, of those things to warn you. Don't get caught up in those certain books and certain, and certain teachers. And it's usually, usually with compassion and love. I try to be very gentle. Christians should not abandon a friend who's dabbling with false teaching we should love them back to the truth of God. 
Bring them back to the word of God in love, but do not, do not entertain them by saying, please read the book. If you, just read the book, read the book. I already know who the teacher is. I don't need to read the, the junk. I don't want any of it in my mind. I don't need to hear any clever little things. And the sad part is many people who really sounded good and they have completely walked away from God completely now. You've heard some of these big names who literally walked away and don't even believe who Jesus Christ it, It's like, how can that happen? Well, we won't even go down this path. But God have mercy on them. Be, gen be very gentle with them. As you patiently wait for them to come to the light, come to the truth, because you keep telling them and sharing the truth, you keep opening up the scripture and sharing the truth, they come back. That is your prayer by as you're interceding for them. This means we continue to love them, not abandon them. No matter how bad a person is or how misleading and terrible their doctrine is, we are not allowed to hate them or to be unconcerned for their salvation. We must be praying for their salvation. We must be praying that the Spirit of God would convict them and they would change and come back to the Word of God. Compassion often means watching over someone even while they destroy themselves. Helping them with their focus. In the meantime, watch over others as well as yourselves. And give them such help as the various needs are required. That means that being available to help people to make it easy for them to come back to Christ, back into the fellowship, back into walking with God. We're not here to condemn. We're not, God, Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. We're not called to condemn anybody. We're called to love them to Christ and to continue to walk with Christ. But then there's the other approach. There's another whole group called others. And we save with fear. The second group must be confronted more strongly with a very big, big bear hug around the neck and maybe squeeze a little bit too tight. Just till we see a little bit of a redness coming to their head. We've had a couple of those. It's one of those headlocks. Can you picture it? You know, it's like you did to your brother, you get him around and. Uh, Come to your senses, please. No, no. They're so, so determined to teach you and to mislead you from the word of God. Much stronger rebuke. Take you and your books and get out of here. Because it's so bad. For the sake of the fellowship, you have to tell them you have to leave. But we do this, notice he says, do it with fear. Because as you rebuke someone, do it with fear. Because how you judge, you will be judged. So we don't judge them in some, some um, 
self-righteous way. We don't do it in some holier-than-thou way or some churchy way or even some superior way. We actually do it in fear because you know you're going to like, Lord, give me the words to show and rebuke this person and to tell them what we need to do because for the sake of the, for the fellowship and the sake of my brothers and sisters, what do you, how do you want me to deal with this? Because you may need to pull them out of the fire. It's like a spider coming down and it's just, oh, that little thread is dangling over hell. I mean, the fire's right there and that, that, that spider's right there. It's just one little clip and that spider's gone. So when you see people who are all caught up in this doctrine and caught up in this false religion, just picture them as just dangling over the heat of hell. And you are going to try to help them. And pull them out of the fire. But we never do it out of pride. We do it always with a humbled heart. This outward look is very important for us to have. It demonstrates that we are not only concerned for our own spiritual welfare, but it proves that we genuinely love and care for other people who are edging, really getting closer and closer to the edge of the drop-off of significant error. And if we really love others, as God calls us to do, then we will help them. Some people you can minister to with, with compassion. Stressing the goodness of God, as Paul said in Romans 2.4, that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Repentance. And you're just showing the goodness of God and showing them the goodness of God. And it's just allowing this kindness to live. Finally, their eyes will open and say, I need to come back to God. i got to walk away from this junk. Come back to the word of God. Others, however, like I said, you grab them right by the ear. And yank them out of the destructive path they find themselves in. <laughs> If you're one of the brothers, you know I've said it to you, many brothers, don't make me come find you. <laughs> you walk away and don't show up and you're not walking with God. Don't make me come find you. Because I'll come find you. Because I love you. And Christ loves you. The shepherd will always go find the one, will he not? I will come find you. Ah, we finish here in verse 24 and 25. Beautiful, famous doxology. A brief declaration of the praise to God. Look at these verses. These are incredible verses. We looked on the inward. We just looked on the outward. Now Jude says, look up. Look upward to God for all his glory. Look what he says here. Now to him who is able to keep you He's who's able to keep you? Jesus is able to keep you. You're not relying upon your own ability. You're not relying upon how good you are every day and what you did or did not do. Your performance. This is not based upon performance. This is based upon the fact that you're secure and the fact that he can keep you and nothing can touch you unless it's been father filtered first. What does it keep you from? 
stumbling. Oh, Lord, how am I going to not go back to the drink? How am I going to go back to the drug? How am I going back to the sleeping around and back to the porn and back to this and the back of that and, and grumbling and complaining and murmuring and all of these things and lying and cheating and stealing? How do I go and get away from stumbling under that again? I don't want that in my life anymore. Jesus. Say his name. Jesus. One more time. Jesus. We sang that. His name. Above all names. Can keep you from stumbling. And not only keep you from stumbling, and to present you thoughtless. Remember your Savior of the world when he died on the cross? Literally wiped out all your sin. Complete past, present, future sin is completely wiped out. Presents you to the Father faultless. No error. Isn't that an incredible Savior? And tremendous love. And before the presence of God's glory. His glory with exceeding what? Joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. So here Jude closes the letter with his famous doxology. Who Jesus is able to keep you and I from stumbling and to present us faultless in front of the Father. After warning us and warning us of all of the things in this, this world and how the false teachers and people creeping in and trying to move you away and the doom that could, could really be a heavy letter. It could bring some of us, some of you, over some of this depressed, discouraged kind of the readers like, wow, what is my, what's this walk with Christ like? It so, seems so depressing and so, so heavy for me. So the readers, the original readers of this letter, with all these false teachers, like, is it even safe to go out of my house? No, they could show up at your own house. Knocking at your door. Can we talk to you? With the white shirts and a little tag? They'll come find you. But when you look at this, and you see all these people who are reading these letters and we read it today and there's like these false teachers, this immorality is all around us. Very few Christians will ever reach heaven. So it's like, well, is anyone going to be able to make heaven? Is anyone going to be able to make, reach heaven? Am I going to reach heaven? But here Jude reminds them that the answer lies only in the power of God. The power of God is what brings us to heaven. He is able to keep you, and you're not able to keep yourself. When you get to the point where you realize you cannot keep yourself, only God can keep you, you'll have more security, more assurity of your faith as a Christian. Jude leaves us in a place of rest here at the very end. Yes, very troubling, very warning all the way through the letter, but at the very end here, he brings us to a point of rest and rest in God, saying God is the one who keeps you, keeps me from falling. We must keep focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12, 2. We must. Jude began the letter by addressing those who are 
preserved in Jesus, Jude 1. He started right out and he's finishing here. Who preserves you? Who keeps you? Who's going to take you to heaven? Jesus. Nobody else. Then he exhorted Christians to avoid dangerous men and women to keep themselves in the love of God. We saw that in verse 21 today. And here at the end, he concluded with the recognition that it is ultimately God who keeps us from stumbling and falling. He's got you. Paul states it in kind of the same idea in Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. He wants to work in your life if you just let him. Keeping us spiritually safe is God's work. Did you know that? But you can't always tell the people he is working in. You can always tell the people he is working in. You can always. How do you know if God's working in someone's life? Because they are serving. They're serving him. They're serving others. They go beyond themselves. God doesn't call us to simply let the Christian life happen. Just let it happen. You're a Christian. Just let it happen. You just got to go on life as it is. He doesn't command us to save ourselves. He calls us to partnership with him. I've saved you. I've given you eternal life. I dwell within you to give you the power to live this life. Follow me. Have you chosen to follow him every day? Looking up, knowing that he's coming back for you to take you into his arms? As God is faithful, even when we're not at times, he's always faithful. We don't have to tiptoe around God in our relationship with him. We don't have to sneak around. We're not low profile with God or shamefully slither into the church when you're ready to, to worship God. You don't have to be embarrassed coming into the presence of God. We can be presented before him with what the scripture says here in verse 24, with exceeding joy. With exceeding joy. Why? Because who alone is wise? Who's wise? He's the only one wise. Glory and majesty and dominion and power. How long? Now and forever. That now and forever is the perfect terms used for eternal life. We're not talking for a moment here and then it's gone. We're talking about eternity. Our victory, our triumph of this life and the life of eternity is because of God. And it's forever. This is, these are serious deceptions that are happening in the world today. Among what we call so-called Christians. 
It's insanity to watch. There are enemies of the gospel who have infiltrated the church and churches are abandoning the word of God. Yet despite the greatness of this threat, God is still greater. He has already won. And if we will only keep focus on him, we are guaranteed victory also. God's love is unconditional for you. God's love never turns off for you. It's never diminished toward you. The only question is for you and for me. Will you plant yourself in the place where you can be drenched with God's love? Desiring to be in his presence daily. Jude tells us exactly how to do that, to keep focus. To keep focus on what? Stay in his word. Pray in the spirit. Lock, I mean lock in. I mean look absolutely steadfast daily for his return. Jesus said in John 13, 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. My brothers and sisters, I want you so blessed. Yes, Jude has been a, been a book of, full of warnings. But it closes, don't forget, it closes with supreme confidence in God and God alone. These are dangerous times for you and I. But these dangerous times, as children of God, you realize who you are in the hand of an almighty God. It should give you such comfort, such joy, such security. Absolutely trust in the mighty, loving God that he is. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to, to be able to come here physically, even online, Lord, that we were able to watch and to see and to be, hear these encouraging words that we need to have as, as your children. Chaos can happen all around us, and it is, and you warned us it would be. Persecution is a guarantee, but your love is a guarantee. Your love, your assurity, your security that we have as children of yours, we have you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for keeping us from stumbling and presenting us faultless. Thank you for the joy that fills our hearts when we, exceeding joy, not just of some joy, but exceeding joy. Thank you for allowing that into our lives and moving it from darkness and moving us into the light once was blind now we see oh thank you so much we praise you lord jesus we thank you in jesus name amen please stand